2: so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet
3: deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey do Shoes, light, comfy, good to go to.
2: Welcome to Cottage Talk Full Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell and former Fulham legend Rob Wilson. This is our initial reaction to Fulham's 2-0 loss to Manchester City. Guys, I'm not going to waste any time. I want to start right here with you. What is the biggest takeaway to take out of this loss? Emilio, I'll go to you first. What's the first (laughs) thing that comes to mind when you think about this loss to Man City? Honestly... I don't know what your expectations were. I predicted 2-0. I'm, I'm not happy to uh, get this right, but what is the number one thing that comes to you after this match? What's your biggest takeaway?
1: Probably we did get hammered 5-0.
2: Like, you know, we played Man
1: City in the FA Cup last season. Remember, you know, yeah. we got hammered 5-0. That was a different circumstance because Tim Ream stupidly conceded a foul and got a straight red card. But, again, is, there is improvement. Two seasons ago, we probably would have lost this game more comprehensively. I think we lost 3-0 in the corresponding fixture two years ago. This year, it's only 2-0. You know, overall, I don't know what fans are expecting. I wasn't expecting anything other than a 2-0, 3-0 loss, to be honest. You know, the only disappointment, maybe we didn't maybe offer much offensive threat throughout the game. There wasn't, there wasn't a moment or a part of the game where we sort of dominated, but maybe took the game to Man City. For, you know, in the interest of maybe losing 3-0, we could have maybe t- attacked a little bit more and changed it a little bit more. But overall, positives for me is, you know, you know, we didn't, I don't think there was any injuries. We didn't get hammered, so for confidence purposes, we could go into the Liverpool game not not after being humbled four or five nil. And yeah, you know, the Man City Australia only scored two goals, and but that's because we defended well, or Man City were wasteful, or a combination of both. But overall, you know, I, you know, it could have been worse, to be honest. And I think you know, if, if I didn't expect, like I said, anything from this game, so to go away with a two nil loss, let's go to get, let's go give Liverpool a bit of a run for their money next weekend, That's all.
2: Okay, excellent. Rob, over to you. What's your biggest takeaway to take out of this match? We, we were talking about it off air, but I want you to basically just say what's on your mind.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I slightly agree with Emilio. Um, and we did talk about it, but yeah, we all expected minimum, you know, a two or three. Near. We're playing against yeah. a, a world-class team here. And as mm-hmm. much as we, we went and had a great victory on Monday night against Leicester, against the top four side, you know, we're playing against the elite of the elite here and, when you concede as early as we did tonight, on you know after five six minutes, uh, and the second one after sort of seventeen eighteen minutes, I'm happy that we've come out the game two nil. We haven't got hammered like Burnley did last week. That's right. <laughs> and and you know it, you know it. I agree with, with Amelia that we you know we didn't show much going forward, and I, I was quite positive the way um, Scott set up with the five two three. Yep. And we were pressing him that first sort of like five six seven minutes and he continued to do that to half time he did change it in the second half and again uh he dropped he dropped loftus back i mean loftus in my personal opinion looked lost today he looked he looked a lost boy in a team whether he's playing the number nine as he did the first half or even in the second half when he was supposed to drop down into the number 10 role to me he looks so way off the pace to uh-huh. me it's frightening. I I honestly do not see what he's got in his locker that is going to bring to Fulham better than Tom County.
2: Okay. Well, that's very interesting that you've mentioned that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rob, when I think about this, you know, and again, I'm glad that we're being honest because like I said, my expectations were that it was going to be a a difficult match. And you and I talked about this off air. So, so let's talk about this as well, because I want to put it into perspective. I think that there's, a huge difference between Leicester City and Man City. Can we can we just say that that again? Not that Leicester City isn't a top six team. This is a huge cut above.
3: Oh, most definitely. I mean, uh, the other night's result was a you know was a workmanlike performance against a team uh, like 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 Leicester. That, uh, I've been you know cutting the mustard for you know season upon season, and you know let, let's make no no bones about it. We kept people like Vardy. Uh, quiet the other night, Madison. Right. You know what I mean. So, and it's difficult to do that against the teams like Man City when you got Mares and uh, Kevin De Bruyne. He's the best player oh. in the world. You know, when he gets in between the lines like he did for the first goal, you know, I, I could pick faults as a coach, and I look at the the, the, the midfield yep. marking of Harrison Reed or, or Anderson. Where why did he let let um, Sterling come off his shoulder? But you cannot stop that sort of it. That's just that is regular for them. They do that week in, week out. Exactly. against The best teams in the world. So, you know, we were never going to be, you know, we we're never going to be in the races against a team like Man City compared to, to Leicester the other night. But, mm-hmm. you know, the bottom line is we, we've come out of the game with a bit of credit. We yeah. haven't got battered. We go into an easy game next week like
2: Liverpool and play <laughs> the champions of the world. <laughs> That's very funny, Rob. I want to share this comment from my friend Chris, and I think this sums it up. Emilio. to lose yeah. only two nil was a credit to Fulham that they did not crumble, especially after the early, early goal. And just so you know, Chris is not a Fulham supporter, so I just want to mention that. Yeah. So, so think about that. Yeah, I sort of said that earlier on in the, the day. We didn't get hammered four or five
1: nil. That partly because I thought we, we we defended admirably, but also I think obviously Man City were a little bit wasteful and maybe took the foot off the gas. They didn't have to go beyond second gear. Let's be very honest. So the goal in the two teams is is there to be seen. But you know, I'm not going to criticize our team. Yep. for not, not matching Man City. And like Rob said, you know, they've probably got the most expensive squad in the world. Them and Real Madrid have probably got the two most expensive teams in the world. So w- what do fans expect for me is that we didn't get humiliated. You know, it was always going to be a tough game. We didn't get hammered. You know, it's just maybe just like I said, just a little bit disappointed. We just could have offered a little bit more going forward at times. When you're 2-0 down, yep. you know, rather than protect the 2-0 deficit, maybe just go out and... Maybe that's like I said, put on Mitrovic, play it long, change it a little bit, but yep. you know, we'll talk about Mitrovic and what's going we on. We certainly there will be. will Maybe that's that was my biggest takeaway from the from the loss that we maybe just didn't change it a little bit. I know Scott Parker's philosophy is always keep ball, play possession, even when you're 2-0 down, but sometimes I just like to see it mixed up a little bit more. And just you know, we know defensive Man City aren't aren't they they're not necessarily the world class defensively you know, they, they, you know, Matt Leicester beat them five, two away. Yet We that's go to right. beat them. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't give them any problems defensively. And that's, you know, man, that's I'm, where I'm coming from is when you're two nil down, 20 minutes left, you know, better to lose three nil and give it a go rather than sitting deep and trying to protect the two nil deficit. That, that
2: was the only disappointment for me. Okay. Excellent. If you're watching live, we have two takeaways that we're going to be talking about in just a bit that I definitely mm. want your feedback on. One, is this, and we'll be talking about this in just a second, not at this point, but Dan brings up a point we will be talking about. Tough game as expected. Did okay, and hopefully team are still confident. Tough decision on the penalty. I'm going to ask the foam supporters, was it a soft penalty? We'll be talking about that in a second. Another huge uh topic we're going to be talking about is Mitro. What's going on with Mitro? Please feel free to share your thoughts on both of those topics, and uh, I could be mentioning them on the air. Okay, guys, let's move on. Rob, back over to you. You've already kind of talked a little bit about that, but when you look at the positives to take out of this, I understand keeping it down to only two nils is a huge positive. What other positives do you take away? Were there positive performances for you in this match?
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the goalkeeper is obviously uh, uh, he showed his, his shot stopping uh, um, prowess that 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 we expect as a goalkeeper because you know, I mean, he had two saves, at least two saves from, mm-hmm. from Sterling to, to make. And that's what he's expected to do. Anderson, you know, although he conceded a penalty and it was a penalty, you know, don't get me. Okay. About it, it's not a soft penalty in my eyes. It was a okay. penalty in this mm-hmm. day and age. in with VAR it's a penalty without VAR. It's still a penalty. You know, yeah. he has caught him. It looks soft in the live showing of today's, <laughs> today's TV, but it's definitely a penalty okay. in, in the current climate. Um, He's defended quite well. Tossing as again, he's he, he, mm. he's done what is it's expected of him. Um, so yeah, I would I would say that there were only a few positives. I wouldn't say there were many. You know, nowhere near as many as there were against the other night. And and out of any defeat, you'd like to take three or four out of a game, exactly. Uh, and 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 the only the only side of it, I would say, is that the positive side of it. I bet eleven players who took that pitch today. Came out of that thinking, as long as we don't come out of this two or three nil, I'll be happy. And I bet at the back of the mind, as Scott, as a manager, yep. and I, I can't think for him. But you know, you're going to, you know, the one of the best teams in the world. You know, probably five or six in the top five or six. That's teams right. In the world. Even though they're not playing well and they've been a little bit inconsistent the last sort of twelve months, they are still an awesome side. Yep. Um, and so to come away with there with a two nil after 20, 25 minutes. I would say I I would be, that's a positive to me because it doesn't demoralize the squad after a fantastic result on Monday night, five days earlier.
2: That's a wonderful point because 5 nil, 6 nil, whatever it could have been, could be demoralizing Rob. Mm -hmm. So that's a a great point. And that's a positive to take out of this. Over to you, Emilio. What are your positives to take out of this? Because again, like you said, like Rob just said, it's hard to take too many pauses, but there has to be something that you can hold on mm. to. And I'm glad that he mentioned mm. that we did not get battered. You said this to me as well, because that's a positive. Yeah. Because yeah. it could have been demoralizing, which could affect us down the road. Mm. I don't think this will.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, if I look at the some of the performances uh, in Ariola again, there was some doubt when we signed him at the beginning of the season. That, you know, unfortunately, Rodak got dropped you know obviously we've gone for a more you know a a better keeper you know arguably speaking Rodak hasn't been given the chance really to to demonstrate his capabilities in the Premier League but obviously he's an upgrade from um from Sergio Rico two years ago so for me that's quite clear so we've got a better goalkeeper behind the sticks um I agree with that with Rob Anderson looked looked quite solid there you know and Geese, I think looked there was one good forward run he made you know his physique his strength in the first I think it was the first 10 minutes he made a good forward Mm -hmm. run to yeah, brilliant, brilliant little trick in yeah. the middle
3: of the back. Lovely, Savage, Savage made comment of it on 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 the on the, on the uh, BT spot. It, it was a lovely trick, and he does that regular. He yeah, does that yeah. drag back. He's he's quite he's quite inept in doing that, oh. you know. And you know when he's on his game, but he, you know he is that type of player. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing against the midfield player, the Bruyne <laughs> or Gunwin, <laughs> you know, know what I mean. You you've got to be very good to to out, out yeah. hop him.
1: Yeah, but do you think there were similarities between De Bruyne's run and pass to Sterling to Angi's pass to Lookman on Monday night? Very similar. Yeah, very much yeah. the same. Very, very, yeah, very much
3: the same.
1: You know, same time. You know, they, they both showed their qualities in that in that mid in the middle of the park. So the positives for me, yeah, Russ, is really the goalkeeper. Yep. Defensively, we looked. You know, for reasons we all go. Two years ago, we would have liked being harrying the ball, kicking it out of touch. Desperate, you know, lunging tackle. Today we're a little bit, you know, we we were composed despite losing the game. If that makes sense, so said okay. he had to win, it. win at time. So I think there's definitely an improvement there. But you know, we've got to get to the Liverpool game and see if we can give them a,
2: a maybe a harder game next week. Okay, excellent. Let's do the flip of this. Who were the weakest links in this match, Rob? I think you already mentioned Ruben Loftus Cheek. So anyone else besides him, and you can talk a little bit more about that if you want. Because again, if we're going to look at the positives, obviously you lose two nail to a uh, to one of the best teams in the world. But what are your thoughts on who were the players that just did not step up today? Which you know again hurts full?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think in 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 the setup that we had uh, with Loftus playing as a, a false number nine, and I'm sure they worked on it all week. Um, was a difficult position for him to to try and do. Um, and I, and he didn't cut the mustard. I, he's, he's not one of them players that likes to likes even when we do win the ball to uh, have his back to play. I think he is a he's a number eight rather than a number nine or a number ten. Uh, I disagree with most pundits or most supporters that, um, and I disagree with Scott if he feels that he can't play uh, Tom Kearney and, and 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 Reuben in the same team. I think he can. Um, You've said
2: that on several occasions, Rob.
3: Yeah, I, I don't think they've given that being given that opportunity to to really. Uh, I mean, we we have to, you know, we have to go back a bit here because Loftus Cheek was was some player many many years ago, and he's had right. a serious injury in the last sort mm-hmm. of 12, 18 months. And coming back from a an Achilles injury like he's had, he looks very laboured to me. He looks very mm-hmm. as much as people think he's lost two or three yards, and he probably has. Yep, he's probably still got that injury in the back mm-hmm. of his mind. And as much as he gives you a little bit of heightened strength. I've not seen that in the games representing Fulham uh, because I still think he's way off the pace of the game for the Premiership. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, we may be doing the kid a bit of injustice here, but he's taking time to sort of get used to it again from his injury point of view and playing the way that Scott has asked him to play. But, um, yeah, so I think he's the disappointing factor in terms of me. When you leave Micho and Kearney on the bench, you have got to have two... Better players mm. play in front of them, that's and to point. me, to me, there isn't two better players playing instead of them two on the pitch. Okay, that's a forget, great point. Forget, forget how much they're getting paid and what they <laughs> right. represent about the club. The them two players bring mm-hmm. more to Fulham than the two players that are playing
2: currently, in my eyes. Mm. Okay, very good. Emilio, I'm going to go to you, but I have to share this with you. This is from our friend Chris and This won't surprise you. Loftus-Cheek yeah. was the weakest link, and he didn't do much against Leicester either. Bring back Tom. Okay, your thoughts on the weakest link. Yeah, I think uh, I echo. I think certainly when you, when you go
1: down with a wimp at times, or, you know, you're, you're not really competing as well as you could do against a, to- a top-class team. You always tend to always pick out the players who have got the highest-profile players. I think you know, Loftus-Cheek. Yeah. Is one of our most high-profile players. A lot of expectations when we signed him on loan at the beginning of the season. You know, he hasn't really set it, has he? He just looked. He looked late to use Robert point, He did look late, but he looked sluggish. Offered very little. You know, against Everton, I thought when he came on a substitute, he looked good. He made a difference in that second half against Everton, and he maybe got given the chance to start against Leicester City. But today, he looked a little bit. I don't know. Just not offering anything to me. Maybe he's still carrying a knock. I Whether he's guess. ever going to be the player he was 18 months he rob just, see, he robbed, just I yeah. I, know
2: is, uh, I disagree.
3: I disagree. People tell me that he did, he changed the game against Everton I believe you no know he, did he, he he got a lucky penalty and <laughs> if he had, if that ball hadn't the defender it wouldn't have gone in. So that wouldn't have been the goal. I disagree with that.
1: Yeah, I think I still think there's room for both players to play in the same team. I don't think one should play. You know, so I think there is still room for for Tom to play with. Okay. 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 So oh. you
2: agree? You agree with Rob on that? I, yeah, I think they. I think I'd like. Yeah, to I think play.
3: they should be given an opportunity to play together. Play together yeah. yeah. I, think okay. so. I think as an Tom eight would, and a ten, call it what you want, whatever Tom numbers
1: was, in this day and age, be dropped or you know or tactically not playing against uh, Leicester City. But uh, I think we've talked about that the other night. But for me, the other week, I thought. Lookman at times, his decision-making was a bit disappointing. There was a couple of moments mm-hmm. in yep. the first half where he got into good positions and do the simple thing, pass it to one of your players. Instead, he was trying to do the maybe a little bit of the spectacle. I don't know yeah. if you agree, Rob. I, 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 I think
3: he was trying too hard at times, yeah. you yeah. know, because I think the onus is on him now to be our flair-type player, you know, and he's like the impetus-type player, but I just thought he would trying too hard he got himself in a situation where yeah. that pass should have gone a little bit earlier than he did exactly. and he had to one touch too many exactly. and he gives it away
1: but those moments like that you're not going to get many opportunities when you're attacking no. a
3: team of this quality
1: those that lack of poor decision making at time cavallero's decision making at time today needs to be better his touch is right. to a little bit more s- slick and maybe these got maybe we're expecting too much from these players but you know look man it's had a, you know for me, consistently probably been our best player this season but today yeah. He had a chance to step up against a world-class team and you know, showed that he you know, offered very little for us today. And, you know, the decision-making was weak for me, so that was another another point I wanted to make.
2: Okay, excellent. All right, we're going to go back to this. We've already talked a little bit about it. I know how Rob feels about this. I haven't gotten your <laughs> thoughts on this. Emilio, was it a soft penalty? <sighs> it was medium soft.
1: If that is, for me, there was contact. <laughs> if there's contact, it's going to be a penalty. For me, I don't, we've had some decisions go our way this season yep. in favour of penalties, which have been arguably soft, and vice versa. For me, if this was a Championship game, it wouldn't have been a penalty. We're in the Premier League, VAR, everyone's looking at replays, etc. If there's contact, it's, it's going to be a penalty. That's why we've had so many penalties in the Premier League this season. How many, how many soft penalties have we seen this season? For, for me, it was more a penalty than not. So I'd probably say it's 75-25 in favour of a penalty. If we'd been given a penalty... You know, in the same circumstances, I don't think we would have actually challenged this. I said, we well, actually, it was, a, it was a soft, but you'll take it. So, to okay. be honest, I, I think the Red Free made the right decision.
2: Okay. I'm going to just share some comments from the Foam supporters. It's from Colin Frazier. Mm-hmm. Penalties these days are given for nothing. VAR mm-hmm. is a joke. We could talk about that mm-hmm. on a, on a yeah. full show if we want to. Heather Bloomfield Lee, our friend Heather, mm-hmm. looks off to me. This is from Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep sharing some comments. That was not a penalty. It's a contact sport. It's funny because uh, you know I understand where, where people are coming from, but I also understand where Rob's coming from on this as well. So I'm glad that we're we're kind of seeing both sides of this. I'm going to share this from our friend Chris Davidson. It was never a penalty. A slight brush against a player does not constitute a foul. Sterling should have been booked for diving. These penalty decisions are ruining the game. Okay, that's very interesting. Uh, Rob, your thoughts on that? <laughs>
3: Yeah, as 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 you know, I've said, uh, it, uh, in my eyes, it was a penalty it, in okay. the current climate of VAR. And, and like mm. like Emilio said, in the championship, yeah, you don't get a second chance to look at soft penalties like this. Yeah, in my eyes, it, it, it's a penalty. Okay. It's a slight touch. Anderson um, looked sheepish after he'd done yeah. it, yeah. Um, you know, so he knows he's touched him, whether it's, yeah, a millimetre or a, a good whack or whatever—it yeah. still caught him. You know, Sterling's clever enough. He's been in the game long enough, and he does this week in, week out. Uh, and we all know if the if the referee's indecisive, he's got the opportunity to go to VAR yeah. and look at look at yeah. the uh, look at the replay. So, uh, yeah, we'd have been happy if it had been us the other the other <laughs> yeah. way around. But as soon as I saw it, I thought, yeah, he yeah. didn't need yeah. to go to VAR to look at it. Uh, it was definitely a penalty in my okay. eyes, as much as it was soft as, soft
1: the as whatever. <laughs> the commentator was saying Anderson was naive there to commit. Okay, It's probably a good adjective there because I think, like you said, he did look sheepish after he after the penalty was given. Yeah. So for he me, expected it. You know, yeah, it was it was minimal, but in this current in the Premier League under the current rules, if there's minimal contact in the penalty area. The, the attackers will get the the benefit of the doubt to be honest so uh... okay
2: well i remember a penalty given two seasons ago to mane for liverpool that just made me crazy but again like rob said these are given these are given and, and we just have to deal with that they are given so um that's why i wanted to bring this up it's a it's a good discussion and very interesting mm. comments from the phone supporters uh, i'd be curious everyone's view on this we're going to end talking about metro please feel free to share your comments about metro I'm gonna go to you first, Emilio. There was an opportunity to play Metro today. Uh Okay, to as you and I were talking about off air, change the game a little bit. Go long maybe, but that's not Scott Parker's way. And I understand why he did not start because he's probably his thinking was I'm gonna go with a team that played against Leicester City. And I get that. What but what's going on with Metro here? Why did he not play today? What are your thoughts on this? Is there more than just uh, you know, tactics. Is there something else going on that we just don't know about? What are your thoughts on that? I
1: think Scott was right not to change the lineup. You know, obviously you're you're rewarding the players who, who played admirably being very well against Leicester City on Monday night. So I'm not surprised he didn't start today. But I was disappointed, as I said earlier, that he, we didn't change it a bit. When 2-0 down, second half, yes, second half, we, we, we drew the game nil-nil, if you look at just purely on the second half performance. But change it a bit. I'd have preferred we lost three or four nil, but actually give them a run for their money. You know, change it a little bit. You know, Scott Parker's philosophy, like I've said time and time again, he, won't, he that's his way of playing football. You know, he, he was obviously trying to protect the two nil deficit, but change it a bit. You know, you, the fact that there's AK coming on instead of, uh, Mitchell. something's not right there, to be honest, is his toys out the pram. There was a moment that when the, the cameras focused on him, he had his scarf around his face, very looked very forlorn, very despondent. You know, his body language said it all right. But when you're two 0 down and arguably you've got your your prized asset on the bench, raring to come on. I know his confidence is shot to pieces at the moment, but right. what 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 worse could it have done if he'd come in against Man City already 2 0 down? Surely his confidence wouldn't have been even worse than it is at the moment. Give him a chance. You never know. You might have won you might have got a penalty, might have made it a little bit more tougher for their Man City defense. But I don't think the Man City defence is world class. But we didn't give them the opportunity to test them. So for me, there's something Clearly, going on in the dressing room, and we've had this debate do we play better without him or, than with him? But you know, look at last season you know, we the, the few games he didn't play, we, we typically won, but then how many goals did he score in, yep. you know, and won us games? So it's it, it works both ways, but for me, something's not quite right there. And we've said it being beginning of the season, we, we're very light in attack. We haven't, yes, I we agree haven't with I've said it time and time again, we, yep. we focus on the defense, but we haven't invested in a striker. and Games like today, we need a better backup striker. AK, I like him. I like his work, rate, his ethics. But, you know, he offered very little today when he came on. So who else is plan B? We've got no other plan B. It's either Mitrovic or you try to work with Bobby Reid, Loftus-Cheek, Tom Kenny. It, it just seems a little bit very toothless you know, okay. going forward. But, yeah, it's something not quite right there. And, but we need, we need a striker in January. That oh, I totally agree. Is Mitro going the other way? Question mark. I don't know. That? And I do don't understand? know. And and
2: uh it's a, you know, long again, long. it's a valid discussion piece. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh and that's why part of the reason why I'm bring this up, and I'm gonna share some comments, Rob, before I go to you. This is from Chris Davidson. Chris, I don't know, I, I just don't know if I agree with you on this. We play better without Mitro. That's all there is to it. I, I don't know if I agree with that. There are times where where we play well <laughs> without him, but then there are times we play very well with him. Mitro is a head case, that's from our friend head. I thought that's pretty funny, okay. This is from my friend Chris, if Mitro is not used at all next week, then maybe there is more to this situation. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is from Jeff Wozni. Calvin, AK, bring very little mm-hmm. in the run of play. At least Mitro can hold up the ball, and I think that's also your kind of thought process there, Emilio. So
1: yeah,
2: I just want to change it a bit, change, mix it up a
1: bit. You know, you're not like in the game; it's nil nil. You don't want to. You, you still stick to your guns and your philosophy, but you're two nil down. You might get a, a goal, you know, they make it a little bit interesting in the last 10, 50 minutes. But just to defend a two-nil deficit for me is is quite diso- it's disappointing. I, I'd question that. But there might be more like said more behind the scenes. Or if Pete, I've read also comments saying that you know this would knock his confidence, but his confidence is already shot to pieces. What's the worst it's going to do by coming on two-nil down, <laughs> unless he he gets sent off? That's anything he could do to knock his confidence even further. So for me, yeah. it was an opportunity, a free opportunity to give him. A boost of confidence if he got a goal a penalty reward it rather than just leaving on the bench where he's going to end up being more miserable and keep th- throwing his toys out of the pram i guess
2: okay rob over to you i want to get your thoughts on this are we reading too much into this or is this just a tactical situation we were just talking like i said that I mean, mill and i were talking about that scott parker has his way of playing and and uh, again maybe he just wanted to stick with his tactics so, what are yeah. your thoughts on this? I, I'm curious your view on the whole Mitro situation. Why did he not play today? Well,
3: I mean, I agree with him not playing the other night against Leicester, and consequently, we are going on to play a different formation and and getting the positive result we did. And and it were no uh, no surprise that we went with the starting eleven today. Right. Uh, going into the game. Uh, my only surprise was, you know. Uh, when we were 2-0 down, I think the camera zoomed into him at one stage yeah. and he was putting his shin pads on. Uh, and I'm sure that was probably 50, 50 minutes, 55 minutes or whatever it was. So I expected him then to be warming up and ready to come mm. on uh, at some stage. And then the only disappointing factor, in my eyes, between then and, and the substitutions between then and the 90th minute that he brought uh, Kamara on before him. So clearly there was... You know, something in Scott's mind that he thought, well, I'll bring Kamara on before Mitro. But the game hadn't changed that much in from 2-0 to, to, to going on to trying to win the game. Um, I'm not so sure whether there's a hidden agenda. I, I don't okay. think there is. I think he's, he's he's played a lot of games in the last continuous 12 months in, in terms of, of Fulham and Serbia. And he's had his ups and downs uh, over that 12 months. He's a, very, um, he's a very vocal and um, uh, demorist. you know, he, he, he shows a lot of emotion. You yep. know, we, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes on the training ground. So uh, I'm sure Scott has to deal with that in man management. Um, so you have to respect Scott as a decision to leave him out, which is a big decision, both him and Kearney, to leave him out. You know, your biggest uh, two players, both... Um, Financially and probably instrumentally, um, uh, uh, yes, he got it right on Monday night. No, he got it wrong today because he, we got beat and he didn't He didn't bring on one of them. So his big decision is what side he plays next uh, Saturday and uh, next weekend against Liverpool. So I don't think you can read into it. that uh, Micho, as far as I'm aware, is happy as a Larry. Uh, See, that's so, what I thought. I uh, thought he no was very off happy with him. change that. Yeah.
2: That's that's a good point. Okay, guys, coming up to end the show, I have a bonus topic for us to, to really discuss. Okay, guys, I got an interesting comment while we were doing the show, and I thought this would be a great way to end the show because here, this is about a player that I actually really like, but here's an interesting point that I'm curious both of your views on. This is about Anthony Robinson, okay? And this is from Christian Buckman. Can we bring up Robinson and his lack of technical ability to cross the ball? I think with Tete and Brian, we don't have any threat from wide areas. Robinson covers more of of the pitch than anyone, but he is lacking some technical ability when he goes forward to impact the game. Emilio, over to you first. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> it is an
1: interesting debate, to be honest. I think I think as an all rounded player, I think he's more seems to be more rounded than than Joe Brian. I think Joe Brian. We know what he, how we can deliver a shot in you know, a cross. You know, we've seen that time and time again. But the problem is defensively, that's where we needed to shore up. You know, the reason why right. Adam came in is because defensively we were leaking goals for fun the first few games of the season. So to be honest, I have been a little bit disappointed in the last couple of games, Robinson, because his you know his distribution has been a bit poor. It's been a bit of poor decision making. There was a there was a crossfield pull in the second half, Rob. Do you remember seeing that when he crossed the ball mm. straight across the pit? Thankfully it got to Anderson just in the nick of time, otherwise it was a very poor ball that he gave away, he almost gave away possession in his own half, and, you know, which was poor. So you know it was, we are lacking quality from the flanks, I think. But again, is that Scott is that Scott's way of playing? No, it's again, as you see, it's, it's, it's all about build up play, it's yep. all about playing through the midfield. You know, his, his his philosophy is not to go wide and cross from you know time and time again from the left, from the right. That's yep. not his way of playing. So to be honest, it's Scott wants to play this system, he doesn't need a Joe Bra- a better version of Joe of Robinson. Crossing a ball into the penalty every time and time, and that's not the way we play. So, yeah, he's not his crossing ability is quite weak compared to Joe Bryan, well, I totally
2: agree with that. That's why I wanted to bring this up. It is a weak
1: point stronger, for him, defensively, much stronger. And that's the key. Yes. that's that fills the way Scott wants to play. Keep it tight to the back, don't give away possession head for head. Uh, Robinson ticks a box more than Joe Brian, just purely on that faces, but coming forward. Today, for example, there were moments when Robinson did come forward, but offered nothing.
2: Listen, it's a valid point, and that's why I'm glad that Christian brought this to our attention during the show. And Rob, I want to get your view on this because I'm glad that Emilio put it this way. The way Scott wants to play, Anthony Robinson's the better option, right? I mean, I I agree with Emilio on that. His crossing's not good enough, but the way he wants to play, I think he's more of an asset than Joe Bryan, And I like Joe Bryan. And I think yeah, we yeah. do miss his crossing, but is that what Scott wants for him to do?
3: Yeah, I think I think I think that you know, Joe is very good going forward and he had his frailties in his defensive duties over the last year and mm-hmm. probably last two years, but you know, he was a he, he was such a threat going forward. He's better as a left wing back, but we right. didn't play as a left wing back type, although when you're in the championship and you're enjoying the possession that we did at the time. Then he can play as a left wing back, even in the flat back four. I think uh, Anton has obviously come in. I still think he's got his frailties defensively. Uh, yep. I think he looks a bit naive and looked a bit. You know, he still looks like he's playing in like Division One with Wigan or whatever a few times, yep. and you know, and even on the ball as much as he, he he's, he's improving. I still think yep. he looks a bit lax sometimes, and he gets caught out and he doesn't play the right pass but his starting positions would be better than Joe's was mm. because he isn't going in he's not stepping in as much as Joe would so Scott probably thought we needed a a bit of solidarity at the back and to have a back four or back five as we've played the last two games mm. as opposed to Joe you know would probably just go on and 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 do his own thing and 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 do everything going forward and risk trying to get his pace out the uh, mm. out of his defensive duties so uh, I felt I felt a little bit sorry for Joe when he got dropped, but I mean uh, Anton's come in and done well over a, over a consistent amount of games. Still got a lot to learn. Still got a lot to learn, but um, you know he needs to improve. I mean, if we're going to play someone like Mitro, then you know someone yeah. like Anton needs to improve on his uh, on his crossing. Mm-hmm. Tetti, when he comes back, is yep. we, we've seen enough in his crossing ability in the first few games that he played that you know he'll thrive on that. He does Absolutely. get it out of his feet. He's very much, um, I wouldn't put him in the in, in the same, but just as off the cuff at Trent Arnold, he gets it out of his feet and he does like to cross it early. Uh-huh. You know, which Mitro as a, as a, a striker will, will, will thrive on. But uh, Tete is like that. He looks like he wants to play early crosses, whereas Anna, uh, Annie wants to come back on his left foot all the time. And yep. so the striker never knows when to make a run. So, um, Give him his due, Anton. He's done well stepping up yeah. from 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 first division to the level he's at at the moment, and I'm sure he'll only get better.
2: Yeah. Okay, excellent stuff. And uh, I just have to share this to end the show because it makes me feel good that someone actually agrees with me. Agree with Russ Robinson fits scotty style play and helps the team more than Brian. Thank you, Luke. I appreciate that. I don't I don't normally get any plotted, so I'll take one. I'll just take one. <laughs> all right, all right. Great show, guys. Fantastic show, Rob. Before we ru- we run. Final thoughts from you?
3: Yeah, I mean, overall, pleasing that we didn't get hammered because we, w- we would have <laughs> done two years ago. Right, uh, Disappointing that we weren't as uh, as fluent as we were the other night going against the top four side, even though these were out of the top four going into today's game. Yep. Uh, but we're talking about a different calibre of 11 Absolutely. players. Yep. Um, we, we move on to, an, as we said earlier, a nice easy game against the champions next week and let's see what we're like at home. Uh-huh. Oh boy. Emilio, final thoughts
1: before we run? Yeah, well, I think other than what we've covered so far, I think maybe at times we look scared. I think, I think actually we, we, we. Do you think we give them like too that. much respect? Yeah, I, I
3: said that to my son in a text after about Too much 10 respect? Minutes.
1: I think yeah. we gave him too much respect and we look scared. We look, you know, it was like. How long can we keep it clean? How long are we before we, we concede? I think mm. that body language of the play, and I think that's the reason why, you know, like I said, we conceded an early goal and we are already on the back foot. You could argue the game was over already at that point. So for me, those tactics in terms of keeping it tight, playing possession, making it difficult, then we lost, you know, that that philosophy was wasted after five minutes. So for me, we just looked very, we played into their hands. And yep. we, get, I think we gave them the midfield far too much space. I know we're playing, Kevin De Bruyne is world class, we know that. But they had acres of space in midfield today. Acres of space, and again, they do that with all the top teams. But we didn't. We didn't make it hard enough for them in that first half. I think. We, I just think we looked very, very
2: scared. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Only- very good. I'm glad. I'm glad that we're ending talking about that because that's something that uh, I forgot to mention. I was going to ask that. Did Fulham give Manchester City mm-hmm. too much yeah, respect? And I, and I think you both are saying that. So, yeah. very good. All right, guys. We mm-hmm. do need to wrap this up. For Rob Wilson and Emila Denaar and Russ Coleman Thinkers, always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in.